Hello and welcome to Selling AV, the first and only podcast dedicated especially to those in the daily business of selling AV products and services. My name is Mark Cox and the AV Phenom and this week's topic comes to me from a friend of mine. A friend of mine uh, direct messaged me this week and asked me my thoughts on emailing AV proposals to clients. Now, I'll keep this person's identity a secret, but I did want to give some of my thoughts in general on emailing proposals to clients. Um, in this particular case, the person who contacted me, their company's policy is not to email uh, proposals to clients, that every proposal needs to be hand-delivered and hand-presented, and that they didn't want to just send their numbers out through the ether uh, to be judged independently. I can completely sympathize with that thought, um, and I just wanted to add a couple of my thoughts to that. So first and foremost, of course, everybody's business is going to be different, and you're going to set a policy that you're comfortable with as a business. But why wouldn't you want to email someone a proposal? If your potential client wants an advanced copy of something to review before you come to present, why wouldn't you want to send it? Well, there are a couple reasons there. Number one, uh, if your proposal is all a line-by-line -line, uh, itemized list of parts and pieces and labor, that gives them the potential to start to shop that online and then to start to try to compare your pricing to Amazon, although Amazon is not giving you the same value add as the integrator is. Um, that can become a potentially slippery slope. It's usually a conversation people don't like to have, and it would be one reason not to send the proposal. The other reason to send the proposal is if you don't have a great relationship with them, many times your proposal just gets sent to someone else um, and perhaps is just used as a, I guess, a, a pry bar or, a, or leverage to get the preferred integrator or the preferred contractor to just lower their price to get closer to yours. So many times you're just giving people pricing in order to uh, get the customer a discount, but you really don't have a chance at getting the job. So those are some reasons that people wanna protect their pricing. If you do a design or you do a bid and you don't wanna email it, but the customer is insisting, there are a couple compromises that you could make. Um, one of those that I used to make was I would just uh, actually email a scope of work with a room-by-room -room description of what features and functionality would be in a room and a price per room. This uh, eliminated the need for me to do an itemized bid with parts and pieces that they could easily shop. It also uh, kept them from, uh, you know, kept them from using my design, giving it to somebody else in order for them to, uh, to just bid uh, after I've already done all the hard work of putting the design together. Uh, that was one way that I got around that and at least gave people an idea of what that scope of work was, that we were in the right ballpark, and then I could present the bid later at a later time if they needed to uh, kind of pre-qualify the work that I was doing. That was one way. Uh, I will say, I will disclose that I worked for a company where if you're filling out a spreadsheet, many times people, if you don't do the design um, and you're just filling out an RFP or an RFQ, uh, there's really no problem in just sending pricing through the mail other than the fact that uh, if you spend a lot of time on it and you're not the low bidder, you're probably not gonna get the work. So many times if I was asked to just fill out a spreadsheet, I would, I would accept with the contingency that I did get a chance to come in and present that number. I would fill out their spreadsheet and send it back to them, but it was contingent on the meeting. If they decided not to follow through with the meeting, then I would, I would uh, decline filling out those people's spreadsheets in the future. As, uh, as one example, I did have a contractor once where I filled out their sheet. Uh, they didn't give me the meeting. And when I called to ask why, they said, well, you were 30% higher. And I said, well, I understand that, but looking at this bid, there's no way that somebody could have bid 30% less and been responsible 
in what they were bidding. So I'd love to come in and just talk to you about our philosophy as to how we bid a job. The contractor replied quite curtly to me, you're 30% higher, I don't need to talk to you. If these other contractors don't do what I want, I just pull their bond. Uh, that <laughs> qualified that contractor real quickly with me as someone I didn't want to work with anyway, because if their first avenue of resolution was pulling your construction bond, um, that's not somebody that I wanted to work with. So anyways, on emailing proposals, it's something you can do if you want to protect your design, don't itemize. If you want to protect uh, your time, don't spend a ton of time uh, on it. And if you want to set some contingencies, at least you can set those. And if they don't uh, end up coming to fruition, you can always decline to bid with that customer in the future. So this has been Mark Coxon with Selling AV. Think of it as your five-minute sales manager and you're welcome.